Uh, he's a leader. He's in leadership in our church. He's uh, been in every Bible study you could imagine. He's, he's led people to Christ. He's been a discipler. And there's been some things in him broken, and he begins to weep and weep and weep. And God begins to minister to him, and he's never been the same since. And uh, it's just incredible to see that. And I just, you know, whatever, whatever that does to you, I just want to remind you that God is moving all across this city this morning in churches all across the city. He's, been, he's working in churches all across this country. We serve a really big God who still is setting the captive free. Amen. And, uh, and so I'm excited for this church, and I'm excited for where you're headed. I know the grid work that you guys run in, and I know the heritage that you run in as well. And you've got some really good stuff on this church. And I just want to pray and release some stuff over you and believe for some great days into your future. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for what you're taking, Spirit of Life Church. God, we honor the stories in the past. We honor where they have been. But we look towards the future, and we see some really great days ahead, God. Father, I just uh, I thank you. I just feel like the, the hard days are coming to an end, that there are some really fruitful seasons on the horizon. God, we look to the harvest that's out there in front of us, in front of this church. Father, I just, I just ask for fire to just ignite this church like never before. God, would you wake this church up in Jesus' name? Would you wake them from their slumber? Would you wake them from their sleep right now in Jesus' name? God, we just declare that into this future of this church, God, that there would be, there, there would be uh, markers of signs and wonders and miracles on this church in this region. Father, we would see tumors that would shrink in Jesus' name. God, we would see miracles happen in the name of Jesus. Father, we would see complete stories being rewritten in Jesus' name. The captives set free, those carrying distorted images of who you are, God, being completely changed like never before. I pray for a rich, rich, rich future over this church, God, and, and uh, we thank you. God, we thank you for where they've been. And God, I just thank you that, that, uh, that the leadership of this church is not satisfied with just being where they have been, but pushing out into deep waters, pushing into the unknown, pushing into fresh new seasons and fresh new places. I pray a fresh anointing upon this church in Jesus' precious name. And if you're with me this morning, would you say amen? Come on. Wow, praise God. Praise God. I, I, I really do believe that in Revelation where it says that the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. And in other words, what that means is whenever Jesus does something in our life, it's his testimony. And if it's his testimony, then it's, we give him permission to do it again, Lord. Do it again. And so what the Lord's doing in Jordan's church and in, uh, in Urbandale, we say, Lord, do it again. Do it in our church. Rewrite our story. Maybe some of our distorted views of God, maybe those would change, maybe today, maybe today, and we've got a couple, couple more testimonies here, I was going to first have Pastor Kelly share.
good. Come on. Amen. Lord, heal, heal knees in this place in the name of Jesus. All right, come on over here, guys, and we'll just have you even just come up here to the, to the top. All right. Um, I've been on this wickedly weird journey, <laughs> not, not meaning that in a bad way. Just one of those things you sit on like a roller coaster and you're holding on, you're going, oh, man, we're picking up speed and it, it's going to get to be a wild ride. In September, I was invited to a conference in Texas, and it was a by-invitation-only conference, and I immediately said no <laughs> because I'm thinking money, I'm thinking transportation, I'm thinking this is a bad season, I'm just not going. About October 7th, I get a message from a gal I'd only met twice, and she goes, I have your ticket. And it's my job to get you there because you'd been telling God no. And I'm going, there is no way I'm getting in a car with somebody I've met twice to go to another state and to go to a conference full of these giants. And I'm going, and I don't belong there because I'm share from, a hotel room. Exactly, Come and on. share a hotel room. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> that, a, that'd be my deal. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a nobody from the middle of Nebraska. And um, along the way, I, I submitted it to my husband. He goes, You need to go. I submitted it to my boss at work, and they said, You're going. I submitted it to Jonathan, hoping he'd say no. <laughs> and he goes, you need to go. And so I contacted this gal back, and I said, it looks like I'm going to Texas. And I'm going, I have no idea why. Absolutely no idea why. So along the way, there were situations I was put in where I was so uncomfortable. Oh my word, like we're driving on the interstate through Amarillo and I'm going, we're going to die. <laughs> it was my thought. And this gal picks up on it right away and she goes, why are you afraid right now? And I'm like, that's a good question, I don't know. And it started challenging my mindset of why do I get afraid when I'm out of control? And when I'm not in control, and God started to talk to me all weekend about you don't know your own value. You actually have a poverty mindset regarding your own value. I walked into this room full of these giants. I kid you not, these are people who are on Elijah's list all the time. These are names that I'm going, oh my word, I didn't understand who these people were until Jonathan and I were talking. And to me, they were just nice people. And... Um, <laughs> And the whole weekend, God's just saying, you need to learn your value. You need to learn your value. You need to learn your value. And one of the things he was talking about was we oftentimes think of it in terms of money and our poverty mindset having to do with money. And he goes, you're really good at holding on. And he goes, but look at your hand right now when you're holding on. He goes, your fingernails are digging into your palms. Your arm is tense. Your hand is tense. I can't put anything into it. And he goes, you have to let go. You have to let go. And you have to be able to receive only with an open hand. And I found myself relaxing, going, I have no control over this situation I'm in. And I found that I was going to be okay. 
And in the process of this, God starts saying, he goes, until you learn to love yourself, how do you expect other people to love you? Because your poverty mentality of not loving yourself doesn't allow you to receive love from other people. And he goes, I want to change that. So I went to work on Monday after being back from this culture and this atmosphere of just people pouring into me all weekend long and these amazing God encounters. And I'm raw. It, it, I was really raw Monday night. And in comes a gal that I work with at Shift Change. And she goes, I need you to pray for me. And I'm, okay. So I start praying over her. And she starts to cry, and she goes, I want what you have. And in the process of her wanting what I have, I realize the only thing I have right now is Jesus and a very raw spirit. We were able to watch her be born into the kingdom. Come on. Because we were able to take what is in the church naturally and apply it to my work environment. And we're now going to, at 11 p.m. on Monday nights, we're going to do a Bible study. Lord, help me. I'm going to need coffee. But, <laughs> but we're, it's we'll pray fruit. for you while we're sleeping. Please. <laughs> but there's been such a change in me that I just want to release it over the church because I can believe for you that you have value. I have difficulty believing it in myself. And I know I'm not the only one in this church that has that type of a poverty mentality. So I just want to release that over this church. Father God, I thank you for identity that is being released in this house. Just like Jordan prophesied, I come into agreement with it because there is a shift that needs to take place for us to walk into the new season that our old mindsets cannot go into. So Father, I thank you for the work you've done in me. I thank you that you are going to continue to challenge me. I thank you that there are now people in this room who are going to hold me accountable. And Father God, I ask now that it just spread. That it just spread across this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. All right, Tammy. Yeah, if I stand up here, I get to be tall like John. <laughs> Uh, many of you in the church know that September and October, I'm going to so try not to cry. No one can understand a crier. <clears throat> many of you know that September and October were really hard months in my life. Physically, I was attacked with a seizure right before our women's conference. I'm not supposed to be having seizures anymore. Then right after that, I was hit with a really hard virus. Uh, I was in bed for almost six weeks. And an awesome thing that the Lord sent in my life is I live with mountains of fear for 50 years. I'm getting ready to turn 65, but I live with mountains of fear for 50 years. And the Lord, because I was obedient and allowed him to heal my shattered and broken heart, he took those mountains of fear and let me stand on them stand on the rubble, but I wasn't aware that there was still some roots, some roots to those fears. And so during this illness, 
a fear came up of dying. I shouldn't, I'm not afraid of dying. I have Jesus. But a fear of dying came up within me, and I was really frightened I was going to die. On a Monday night, Becky called, and she was praying, and I told her I had, you know, heaviness in my chest physically. I had heaviness on my back. I had heaviness, and she started praying, and she felt the heaviness. Um, she felt the heaviness leave. Praise God. But it continued. Three more weeks later, I came into church again for the first time in five weeks, and Jen was walking across the back of the church, and I knew I needed prayer because I could barely walk in. Um, and she and Hannah started praying for me. And something happened I've never experienced before. My body just started shaking, just shaking. I thought, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel like a seizure. I'm just going to let God take over. Um, something left. I felt something leave. So I was obedient to God, and I went ahead and went with, through some freedom prayer. I didn't think I had any roots of anything left. I thought God had taken care of everything. But there was, there was some areas in my life from really, really young, like before I had memory or my memory, um, that needed to be addressed. And so we addressed those in the name of Jesus. I don't believe that he just got rid of them. He severed and he disintegrated anything that was there that was causing fear. So I just speak. As I was sitting here getting ready to come up, I said, I don't know what you want me to speak about today, Lord. And I got the words for those that are weak and heavy laden. The Lord wants you to understand that when you're weak, he's your strength. And you may know that in words, but until you experience that, it doesn't make any sense. So I just speak in the name of Jesus over anyone here who is weak and heavy laden, that's burdened. I just speak the peace of Jesus Christ over you, over your life. And if you are, if you are suffering, that's the word that just came to mind. If you're suffering or if you're pulled down with any weight, know that the Lord is bigger than any weight that you're carrying. And he can not only just move it, he can disintegrate it so that your testimony can give him glory. It says in scripture that the power of the testimony is Jesus Christ. So I claim that in the name of Jesus for our congregation. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 And last but not least, Bruce Heffley. Um, I just wanted to share about uh, a couple of things here, but when the buds, buds were here, um, I miraculously had my elbow healed. I mean, it would literally make me bald to shake hands, but that was miraculously healed. But that, that's not, the, that's not the, the real story or the big story. Um, wait, a minute, wait a minute, you're saying your elbow's healed, but that wasn't the big story, huh? No, no, <laughs> no, it was. I mean, it is. It's, you told it's, me you couldn't, like, even pump gas without it, there being pain. Like washing my windshield on my car. I would have to switch and do it with my left hand because I couldn't do it on my right hand. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. What's the next thing? But uh, the thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing that uh, uh, it was a Sunday night before I went to church, or Saturday night before I went to church on Sunday, and sometime in the middle of the night, a scripture dropped into my head. It was Second uh, Samuel chapter nine, and. And so I whipped out my phone and I read it and said, okay, God, I remember this. And I went back to sleep because I, I really enjoy my sleep. And then uh, probably an hour later, I woke up again, the same scripture again. I think, oh, my land. So I read it again and I, okay, okay, I got this. And then the, 
uh, it was probably 45 minutes later, I was awoke again, and it was that same stinking scripture, and I was kind of frustrated because I really wanted my sleep. I was tired, but anyway, so I read it, and then the word and that and that verse that stuck out to me was Lodi Bar. But anyway, uh, the next morning I got up, and uh, I'll quickly paraphrase that scripture. But in Second Samuel nine, David was looking to bless someone because of uh, for the Lord, and. and and he wanted somebody that was within uh, Jonathan's house because Jonathan and Saul were dead. And it's a long story. But anyway, uh, one of David's servants said, uh, there's this Meshibbeth. Sorry, I wish the Bible would have like simple names like Mo or something that I could whip out. But anyway, they... Uh, um, I just, I read that verse, you know, and... and and uh, Meshivapheth said, well, who am I? I'm nothing but a dead dog. And he was kind of thinking David was going to kill him or something. But uh, uh, David told his servants that we have a place you know, for you at, at our table for the rest of your life. You, have a, you are welcome at the king's table. And he assured um, Meshivapheth that, this is where you belong, you know. And uh, anyway, and Meshivapheth had come from um, uh, Lodibar, and that was a word that just really stuck out in my mind. And, and uh, so I looked through in, in Strong's Concordance, and it said um, um, pastureless, but that didn't really speak to me. So then uh, I tr- went to something else, and my trusted source, Google, and uh, that that. Uh, uh, Lodi Bar was another name for insignificance, and then it just jumped out at me. It's like, um, how many people? Why do we think we're insignificant? But we rightfully have a place at the king's table. And then if you go over and look Come at, at uh, the 23rd Psalms, you know it says He sets a place for us at the king's table in front of our enemies. You know. Yes. And we have this orphan spirit, these poverty mindsets that need to be broke through. And, uh, you know, and all too often we are just stuck in this, you know, insignificant thinking when we rightfully have a place at the king's table. And that was, that was a download that I got that was just been, just, uh, just, just kind of rocked my universe, if you will. And, and it seems like now I have the, I mean, just keenly aware of people that um, are hurt. You know, they take offense at some of the most ridiculous things, you know, but it's, you know, it's all these heart wounds. It's all this orphan spirit thing going on. And uh, but anyway, that was a major, major download for me. You're right. That was, a, that was definitely better than the elbow, man. That's super awesome. Super awesome. I'm, I'm excited about today. Thank you, worship team. Um, our celebration service, we, we're really just giving glory to everything that the Lord is doing in our lives and people's lives. And as a family, fully engaged in giving the Lord glory and letting this, let our faith go public. Uh, not just be, it, it's nice when God does something for like, for like Bruce or Jennifer, like privately. But isn't it like way better when we all get to hear about it? I think it's way better to go to go public with with our faith like that. So hey, I'm um, just we're gonna do a few housekeeping things and then we'll continue on. By the way, um, 
if you didn't know, uh, we're just, this is a service where our, our older classes of kids, we're just allowing them to just be with us, and, and uh, so I will try not to be super boring, okay, kids? All right, and, and I think, and, and you guys could have some, some, take some pens and color on your uh, bulletin or something like that. If you're, a, if you're a guest with us, you should have received a, a Connect card in your bulletin, and uh, uh, we'd love to get some information from you, give you a call this week, and, um, and just uh, one way for us to get to know you and you to get to know us. And if you've been here a long time, it's also a way for you to write a little prayer request or something on the back, and uh, we, we love just praying for you, but it's hard to pray specific when we don't know what's going on. So if you have a prayer request, uh, write that down on the back of that. Pastor Kelly? And if you guys have um, the, any anybody in the younger classes, I think we've, what do we have, uh, the, the pre-K and the nursery is available if you guys would like to take advantage of that. All right, if we could have the ushers come and prepare to receive tithes and offerings this morning. Um, you know, in our Spirit of Life reading plan, I don't know how many of you are participating in that, but... Um, we're going through Deuteronomy, and it talks so much about offerings and gifts and, and um, the sacrifices. And one thing that's just stuck out to me, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to kind of trudge through some of those books and hear about all the laws. But one thing that, that stuck out to me is how that act of bringing our first fruits, bringing the things that we've worked hard for. Maybe you brought a, a bushel of wheat this morning. I don't know. Or maybe it's just dollars. Um, there's just an, something about that that really recenters our heart on the Lord. You see this rhythm of, of the people coming and just bringing their tithes and offerings, the things that they've worked hard for and laying them down at the altar before the Lord. And I just love that, that, that the Lord recenters our heart on him by giving of our resources. So let me, let me pray over that this morning. Jesus, we praise you and thank you. Um, Lord, as I often pray, um, I pray that you'd bless these gifts that we're giving to you, um, back to you what's already yours. Lord, let it be an act of worship. Let it recenter our hearts on you as Lord of our lives, as Lord of our resources, as Lord of our time. Lord, we worship you in this giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the ushers are receiving those gifts, just a few things coming up. First of all, this Wednesday, the 13th, um, we've got our family experience. Again, 545, we'll have um, a meal for everyone, youth, adults, kids, everybody. Come join us for that. You don't need to bring anything. And then um, kids, or our family experience will be in here at 645, and youth will start at the same time. We encourage you to come. And then next, um, this, this weekend, November 15th through the 16th, Friday night, we've got our youth lock-in for um, grades 6 through 12. Um, it's going to be 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, sounds like an awesome time. Games, food, um, worship, fun, all kinds of stuff. So kids, bring your, uh, bring your friends, and that'll be a great time. This Friday night at 8 p.m. All right, Pastor Jonathan. We've got a video here.
Yeah. Could we uh, have anybody that uh, that is um, active or a, or a veteran to, in our United States uh, military stand up at this time? And we'd just like to honor you. And in the back. Yeah. I'd like to pray prayer blessing over you guys and uh, and for our military right now lord one i just thank you lord for these men and women that have served or are serving lord we we just thank you lord for that we thank you for the sacrifice of men and women uh, lord that you've called into that ministry really to serve our country and to serve you in that way lord we thank you lord for that and lord we thank them for that sacrifice, Lord, their families also that sacrifice while they're away. Lord, right now, I ask that you would touch them in a special way today. Lord, that you would, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, to the tips of their fingers, all the way to their, to their heart, to their soul, God, would you touch them in a special way today, Lord. Lord, you know the things that they specifically are dealing with that, that many of us would never, never understand. And so, Lord, but you do. Would you go right to that place? And Lord, we thank you for, uh, for touching them in that way, for healing them, for freeing them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys very much. Um, I, I know it, uh, it seems so small to just say thank you, but... Um, when when we know how much has been fought for and uh, just seems real tiny but uh, hopefully you you could receive that from us that and for me super thankful super thankful for all you guys have done thank you very much and it's a uh, it's appropriate on a celebration sunday to celebrate that isn't it praise god praise god hey um just a few things here that we're gonna we're gonna do one I, i'm just gonna, i'm gonna share for for a few minutes here about um uh, celebration service and specifically around baptism um and then we're gonna have a uh, a baby dedication and we're gonna have six uh six children get baptized today i mean this is gonna this is cool i think they're ranging anywhere from like seven to twelve years old and uh, I spent some time with them and asked them the hard questions. And instead of, and they all met with me, and instead of them like sharing and picking up everybody else's answers, they, I had them write down their answers on a piece of paper. And so I know for sure, for sure, they have given their heart to the Lord. They know what baptism means, all of those types of things. So it's exciting. Anybody excited about today? This is going to be special. It's going to be special. So um, this is about, to me today, like this, uh, a fully engaged um, follower of Jesus. Part of that means we go public with our faith. My, my brother and I were talking just yesterday about how hard it is getting um, for Christians in this world. Um, in fact, um, something that he was reading was, was really talking about this post-Christian era that we're actually living in, whereas years ago, it was, it was mo more, uh, uh, I don't know, it was, it was, we could just say that we're Christian and say that we have conservative values and all these types of things, and, and people were like, okay, that, that's good at least. Now it's almost becoming like we're the minority, and, and it's almost like a hate crime to even stand up for things that, that Jesus would stand up for, and it's just a really interesting era of the church 
that we're living in. And I just started thinking how much more appropriate even today in our era for people to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus in our workplace or I mean and if you can't if you can't do it here right how are you gonna even even do it out there right so uh, I just thought this whole idea of going public with our faith part of that has to do with with baptism and um, you may not know this we've shared it in here before but the Bible talks about three baptisms everyone say three baptisms now I want to hear just the kids right now just the kids all over this place say three baptisms Yep, and I heard Pastor Greg, too, so he did not get the memo. He did not. Thanks for ruining everything. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> three, three baptisms. I apologize for my voice. I don't know. Something, something's going on with it. Um, maybe, I, I, well, I, there's going to be a funny joke, and, and it didn't come. So um, three baptisms. The first baptism is being baptized into the body of Christ. That's actually our first step. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus, and if I were to say, hey, if you were to die today, do you know if you're going to heaven? And if you can't answer that question, well, you need to take that, that first step and be baptized into the body of Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And actually, the Bible indicates that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12 says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, which was salvation. Salvation is, is really an immersion into Christ. And that's really what baptism means. And we're going to do a baby dedication here in a little bit. And some of you maybe come from a tradition, from a church where, where infants were, were baptized. Maybe they were sprinkled with water or whatever. And, and you called it, they call it infant baptism. In our church, in our tradition, we dedicate babies to the Lord, but we baptize people when they, when they are able to articulate uh, salvation and what that really means. And, and then as they get baptized, we Im- actually immerse them in water. Um, you know, we hold them probably uh, about 45 seconds to 60 seconds underwater until it takes. And then, <laughs> right? No, no, not, not really. But we put them underwater and we bring them back up as a, as a symbol of the, the, the old is gone, the new has come. And, and they understand at that point that I'm making a public declaration of our faith. And that's, what, that's just how we do it here. Um, and so, so that first baptism is baptism into, into Jesus. Um, do you know that the disciples got saved? Now, we, we, sometimes we don't think about this, but did you know the disciples, those, those first 12, they got saved at one point. In fact, it was John 20, verse 22. It says, after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the moment that they, that they actually got saved. In fact, um, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit as well. And a lot of people wonder about that. Do, wait a minute, do I not get the Holy Spirit like at salvation or do I get it? Can I just clear it up for you? When you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit just like they got the Holy Spirit right there at salvation. In fact, that very same story that happened in John 20 also happens in Luke 24. And it says this, as they were saying the, these things, he himself, Jesus, stood in their midst. He said to them, peace to you. Then verse 49 and look, I'm sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. So we start to realize that, there's, that not only did they receive the Holy Spirit in that same story in John, but then in Luke, Luke goes on to say, but there's something more than just happens at salvation. That's what we believe here in this church. They had the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have the baptism 
in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, it says this, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to what? To wait for the, the Father's promise, which he said, you've heard me speak about, for John baptized with, with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So that was, that's the first baptism. The first baptism is, is into Christ. You get ba- that's when you get saved. When you say, you say, Pastor Jonathan, I know I'm going to heaven. You've experienced the first baptism. The second baptism is this. It's called water baptism. And we've got a tank here. I don't know. I think it's like a horse trough or something. But, but it, it, all of a sudden, when we put the holy water in there, it gets sanctified. So, but they're going to get baptized in, in a horse trough here in just a minute. I think that's what it is anyways. That's what it looks like. And so the second one is, now the disciple baptizes us in water. So this is another thing. Sometimes we think about baptism, the, the pastor has to be the one. But did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus, if you say that you're a disciple, no matter who you are, that you can actually baptize somebody in water? The disciple's the one that baptizes. You maybe didn't know that, but now you know. Matthew 28, verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What? baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it's a separate experience from salvation. Sometimes it happens really close together, but it's a separate experience from salvation. And it's, the reason is this, so that you don't think you have to do something to get saved. In fact, the only thing you have to do to get saved is to surrender and say, I agree with you, Jesus. I want you in my heart. But if baptism was a prerequisite, and some places preach that, that you have to get baptized to get saved, we don't. Because it would, it would now say that there is something I've got to do. There's a piece that I've got to do. And we just want you to know that actually you don't have to do much at all except surrender to Jesus. And, but baptism then becomes that thing where it's this statement. It's this, it's this outward sign of an inward work that the Lord is doing in your life. It's the second step in your journey. Some of you were baptized into the body of Christ, salvation, first step, but you never followed the Lord in water baptism. And I'd like you to just uh, let us know. Man, you might say, I'd like to do that. We'd like to walk with you um, in, in that so that someday you can obey the Lord in water baptism and we'll get the horse trough out again and dunk you just like everybody else, right? That would be great. So why is this important? Why is water baptism in, important? Because accepting the message of Jesus is a private decision that needs to go public at some point. It needs to go public at some point. It's the same reason you have a wedding ceremony and not just a wedding. It, it's the same reason you have a wedding band. It's because it lets all of you women know that this is taken. Yeah? Absolutely. All right? It declares that I belong to Becky. The band doesn't make me married. The decisions in the covenant is what makes us married. But going public is super important. Something happens, I believe this, something happens spiritually when you go public with baptism. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 starts and it says this, Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, what? I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. That's a spiritual moment when Jesus acknowledges you before his Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. I encourage you, don't let this just be a private thing. At some point, go public with baptism, 
Go public in the workplace. Jennifer shared about sharing her faith with somebody. Go public. Don't let this be something that nobody else knows but you. Let this be a public faith. Amen? Amen. So baptism is your second step. Here's the third step. The third and last step. Everyone say, thank goodness this is the last step. This is the last step. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming, actually, actually this, is, um, this is John the, uh, John the Baptist talking, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. Watch this. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It's Jesus that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. All three baptisms are represented in the book of Acts. You see this in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria, proclaimed the Messiah to them. Verse 12, but when they believed, everyone say believed. That's a pretty big deal for salvation. I believe that that's what happened. When they believed, they were saved. When they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And that would be water baptism. Verse 14, we skip down to verse 14. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And after they went down there, they prayed for them so the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. So they had been saved, they'd been baptized in water, and they were waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit out salvation, and you also get empowered by him. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I, I, I to to just go through this Christian life with power instead of without it. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's an amazing thing. The Lord would say, I've got work for you to do. Here's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's all about your assignment, right? Whatever God's assignment is on your life, that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps you, helps you uh, carry that whole thing out. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I know that a lot of people make it out to be weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. Don't be afraid of him. Run to him. We're going we're gonna to go into a time of, of dedicating a baby this morning, one of my favorite things. And uh, um, that's how we grow our church is through, is through babies. A lot of people just keep having babies around here. That's how we grow our church. So keep having babies, everybody. No, everyone's like, we're done. Everyone's like, we're done. <laughs> Okay, the purpose of uh, baby dedication, and we're going to celebrate this, this is where the parents get to go public with their faith. You know, the, the baby's sitting there and looking cute, a lot of times asleep, sometimes crying up, up here, and we're trying to settle them down. And, and it's not as much about the baby as it is about the parents, and it is about us, that we get to go public, that the parents get to go public and say, I'm, I am committing before all of you that we're going to do our best to raise this child to be the man or woman of God that they're called to be. And then for us as a church, you know the whole statement, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And we're as a church family, we're saying, hey, we're committing. 
that we're going to live a godly example around this baby and, and help as, as far as it depends on us for them to walk out that prophetic calling that's on their life. We see examples all throughout the Bible of people dedicating their babies. And in fact, Abraham and Isaac, it was, it was, it was this. It was God's test. It was this. Are we willing to give our children back to the Lord was the test. God asked Abraham, if you've never heard that story, God asked Abraham, after all of these years, you know, he, he received the promise of a son, even in his old age, and God said, can I have him back? Would you, would you sacrifice him? In fact, it was a human sacrifice on an altar. I'm like, what? Mind blown. You're going you're to make me kill my baby on an altar. And, and the whole thing was a divine setup to see if Abraham would be willing to give back the gift and that's what he that's from then on until now it's always been about that are we willing to give our children back to the lord and when we give him to the lord the lord gives him back to us it's amazing and then you get to raise god's child from then on luke 2 was the example of jesus and uh, and this is where mary and joseph got to dedicate jesus to the lord this was when the t- said when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed. Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And this is when Simeon, if you remember Simeon in, in the Luke 2 story, Simeon released and came into agreement with Jesus' prophetic destiny. Spoke prophetic words. And that's something that we like to do here. It's mostly about the parents, but I think one of my favorite things is to stand here with the parents and pray over that child and release prophetic destiny over the child. They don't even know what's happening, but there is so much happening in heaven that we're coming into agreement and we're setting this baby apart to be that man or woman of God and declaring that destiny over them. I'm going to invite the, uh, the Trambley's up. I don't know where, the, where they're at. I thought I saw them here. There we go. James and Olympia Trambley and their family. And if there's anybody with you that you'd want to bring up, you guys are welcome to, to all come as well. I'm going to invite them up here. And uh, this is, I believe this is, there's key generational impact. It's from this day forward. I've told you guys in here before that, that you know, I have the honor and the privilege to, privilege to be a fourth generation Christian, a fourth generation pastor. Some of you are like, well, I'm barely a first generation. Well, you know, my great grandpa had to decide to be a first generation Christian. And so a lot of it, come on up, guys. A lot of what happens in this moment is for us saying, hey, from this day forward, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? And, uh, and pretty soon these babies grow up and they start having kids and their kids start having kids. And before you know it, somebody's a fourth generation Christian. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's see here. I think I've, I think I've got, got all of the particulars we don't want, you, you don't want me to forget names, right? That would be embarrassing. So come on, come on back here. All right. Good to see you guys. Welcome. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. James and Olympia right here. This is James. This is Olympia. And who's this, who's this little one right here? This is Jasmine. Everyone say hi, Jasmine. She's awake. Can we wave at Jasmine? Everyone's getting, let me get out of the way from pictures. Oh, oh let me get it. Can I come in too? <laughs> all right, all right. 
So this is Jasmine, Jasmine Victoria Layett Trambley. Awesome. And this is James and Olympia. And so this is what we're going to anoint the, the baby with, with oil, and we're going to set her apart um, and pray over her right now. This is, um, this is what we do here. I'm going to, we're going to kind of talk to the family for a second, and I'm just going to charge you with a few things and let you guys, and if you agree with what I say, now it's really embarrassing if you don't agree with what I say, but if you do agree with what I say, then I just want you to say, with God's grace, we will, okay? Then I'm going to turn to us as a congregation, and I'm going to say a, a few things um, about us setting an example for this baby, and then if, if you agree with that, I'd like you to say, with God, by God's grace, we will as well, okay? And so parents, with Jasmine here, I just want to ask you this. Are you willing to live a life dedicated to Christ in front of her? An example that will lead your child to Jesus someday. May your home be a place of prayer. Will you, with God's help, help her learn the life-changing power of God's word? Will you help her connect deeply in the family of God and provide an opportunity to experience the presence of God? Will you pray for her salvation someday, that one day she would personally accept Christ as her Savior and Lord. And if you agree with those things, would you just say, with God's grace, we will. Amen, amen. And church, would you guys agree that as a family of God, you would set an example for this baby and help her in, in any way you can to grow up to be the woman of God that God's called her to be? And if you agree with that, would you just say, with God's grace, we will. Amen, amen. And I'm just going to anoint her with oil and, and dedicate her right now. Jasmine Victoria Layett Trambley, I dedicate you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Her, I'm going to pray over her. Her name means messenger of love. How powerful is that? messenger of love the jasmine flower is associated with love and purity and so i'm just gonna pray over her right now and that does, that's not a hard name to come into agreement with is it you can cry you can cry all you want to and we're just gonna pray for you right now jasmine okay yeah right now jesus i thank you for this little life lord we come into agreement with the prophetic destiny over her right now holy spirit come Lord, I thank you that you have called her. Lord, even before her parents named her, you have called her to be a messenger of love to a whole generation. That she is going to share the love of Christ. Lord, I also thank you that her name has to do with love and purity. That she's going to set an example of purity for a whole generation. Lord, she's going to share the love of Christ and the purity of Christ for a whole generation of people. That people will look up to this little one as that example a messenger, a mouthpiece of the love of God. And it is because of Jesus we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Now you got to do the Simba thing, right? Come on. Dun, dun. All right, I, don't, I, I couldn't think of the song. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, family. Thank you for being up here for that. Praise the Lord. All right, here. Um, I'm going to invite now, I think Leslie has all the, the kids together. We're going to invite the, 
those kids being baptized to come out here right up front and six children being baptized today come on isn't that awesome all right come out here just right up here in front here can you can you squeeze down the steps all right this is joshua come down just come come down here by me yeah by me yep yep today all right good 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 all right i'll come over by you all right this is joshua yeah, I, I don't bite. Come on over. Come on over. Everyone wants to see you. All right. Oh, look at these beautiful young men and women of God. <laughs> Mile marker moment in their life. And, and so I'm just going gonna, gonna to tell you their name, and they're just going to share um, just briefly just why they want to be baptized today. So this is Joshua Nelson. I'll just hold the mic for you. I want to be baptized because I gave my heart to God, and I just think the next step is getting baptized. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This is Kaylee Lombard. Why do you want to be baptized today, baby? Because I love Jesus. It's so good. So good. All right. And this, is, um, this one is Sapphire, right? Right, Sapphire Russell. I want to devote my life to Jesus. Love it. Love it. All right, and this is Diana. All right, Diana. I want to give my life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is, this is Cage. I want to live with Jesus my whole entire life. You want to live with Jesus your whole entire life? So good. And this is Owen Mast. I love God, and I want to stay with him forever. Oh, praise God. Praise God. All right. We're all going to go up, back up into that room, and we're going to go ahead and get baptized here. You guys give us a couple minutes, and Pastor Kelly and the team are going to lead you. Here we go. This is a reason to celebrate in our church. And so we're going we're to go into a song here to worship together. I want you guys to sing loud. But when they come up out of the water, I want you to just interrupt what we're doing. Just shout, scream, clap, and let's just cheer them on for them um, living out loud and declaring um, their life submitted to the, to the Lord. Can we do that? All right.
All right. Come on. <laughs> Man, I feel like, like Superman getting changed like that. So good. Hey, I just want to, you guys have like, like just a few more seconds? All right. Hey, listen. We can't talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit without giving you an opportunity for that. This is a couple, two things I want to do. One is you may be sitting through this whole service and you may just say, Pastor Jonathan, like, I'd like to give my heart to Jesus. I want to take that, that first baptism. In just a minute, we'll have our altar people here and Pastor Kelly will keep, will keep uh, worshiping and you're, you're able to come up here and you can just tell someone, hey, I want to do it today. That's so exciting. And they'll rejoice with you. There's no guilt and shame. It's, it's exciting. And the Bible says that, that the whole heaven rejoices when one person gives their heart to Jesus. And you may be saying, Pastor Jonathan, like, I've given my heart to Jesus. Maybe you've even been water baptized. But you just say, I don't know that I've ever intentionally done anything with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to be empowered with some sort of an external evidence that, that, I'm, that I'm an empowered believer. And he wants to come and not, not just be in you. He's in you for you, but he comes on you for other people. It's about your assignment. It's about what God's called you to be and to do. And if that's you too... They're ready. The, the team is ready up here to pray with you and to just say, hey, we want to agree that the Holy Spirit would come upon you and empower you. And isn't that a cool thing? Isn't that a good thing? Here, here's a couple of things to just keep in mind. First of all, in a group this size, there's all kinds of preconceived ideas. There's all kinds of barriers that we have in our mind. And maybe you've had a bad experience or you've heard of a bad experience or you've, or you, you've watched something on TV. And I just want you to know that the, one of the first steps to being empowered and baptized in the Holy Spirit is for you to say, Lord, I just, if it's you, I want it. And anything I've ever heard of that, that may be a barrier right now, I just push aside in the name of Jesus. And would you just take that, that moment and would you just say, Jesus, if it's you, I want it. If it's you, I want it. The second thing I would say is, is just ask. <laughs> if if you ask him for something, he's only going to give you good stuff. He's a good father. And so that second step is to just say, I want it. Lord, would you give it to me? I'd like the gift of your Holy Spirit. I'd like to be baptized in and empowered by your Holy Spirit this morning. And if that's you, that'd be, this, that'd be the second step. And then the third and final step would just be this. Would you receive him by faith? You may not feel anything. You may come up here and someone prays with you and you're like, I don't feel anything. And it's not about your feeling. It's about you by faith receiving it. And watch this. Here's a scripture I want you to see up on the screen. Ezekiel chapter 47. It says this, as, a, as a, the man went out east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a third of a mile and led me through water that came to my what? My ankles. My ankles. You know, if you're... If you're saved and you know Jesus as your Savior, all you need is ankle-deep water in your life. If salvation, you're, you're good. You're going to heaven. All you need is ankle-deep. But if you want more, there's more. It goes on, verse 4, it says, Then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through water that came up, came up to my knees. And then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through water that came up to my waist. And again, he measured off a third of a mile, and it was a river I could not cross on foot. For the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in. A river that could not be crossed on foot. I'll tell you what. Foot deep is all you need. 
but I want to be in water where I'm out of control. <laughs> because ankle deep, I'm still in control. Knee deep, I'm still in control. Waist deep, I'm still in control. All of a sudden, I can't stand. That's where I want to be. It's called faith. It's called trust. It's called saying, Holy Spirit, I don't want it to be something that I can just do on my own anymore. In fact, maybe you're admitting in your heart, I can't do this on my own anymore. And Holy Spirit wants to come and empower you. And here's one last little tidbit. Maybe you've already had an experience like that before in your life and you want to do it again. You can. In fact, the Bible gives indication that you can be filled and keep on being filled. That, that as often as you want, and maybe some of you were empowered long ago and now you're walking in, in, in your own strength and you want to be re-empowered. This is for you too. And so I'm going to pray. I'm going to, in fact, invite the, the altar team forward. Could we all stand this morning? Pastor Kelly's going to lead us in a song. And whenever you're, you feel like you've done business with the Lord, you're welcome to leave here in just a few moments. And some of you need to get your children out of the younger classes. But don't leave this place until you've done business with the Lord. So right now, Holy Spirit, all over this room, from my right to my left, we just ask that you would do your work. Lord, I can say a bunch of smart things because I know some scripture, but Lord, one word from you will change somebody for a lifetime when one statement from me might change them for a week. So Lord, we ask that you would come close. Lord, that you would do your work in this room. Lord, whether somebody needs to give their heart to you for the first time or whether they've known you a long time and want to be empowered by your Holy Spirit, whatever it is, this morning, we ask that your Holy Spirit would draw. And it is because of Jesus we pray. Amen. They're going to sing. The altars are open. I love you, and I'll see you next week. God bless.